Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Footstock Weekly Podcast. It was a great chat. I talked to Aaron Palace, very active on Slack and on Twitter. He's been great in terms of engagement for the podcast and streams over the past few months. We talked about mainly, I suppose, Footstock's recent emails, in particular about uh, this kind of new way of adding players to the platform and adding an element of scarcity. It'd be a very interesting time for the platform going forward. If you haven't signed up to Footstock yet, please do so with the link in the description. I'm an affiliate and I get something if you use that link, so please do. While you're here, leave a review and subscribe. And other than that, good luck in the tournaments this week. Good luck in the 100k free roll. Good luck in everything about Footstock. It's a great time. Very, very exciting. Um, just, God, I can't wait to listen back to this in a year's time and see sort of how outdated almost the, the platform and how small time we're talking because everything's kind of pointing to Footstock growing, isn't it? They just keep making good decisions and I, I mean that. So yeah, enjoy this episode with Aaron and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, so now I'm joined by Aaron Palace, and I can just let you know, because I can see him and you can't, he actually is as big a Palace fan as he lets on. I can see three framed shirts and he's wearing a, a jumper. Aaron, how's things? Yeah, all good, mate. Yourself? I'm all good. I'm all good. Thank you for joining me. How have you found the start of Crystal Palace's season? Zaha seems to be banging a few in for a change. Yeah. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> yeah. I said to my mates, you know what? First four or five games, we're getting nothing. And then, yeah, two wins later, one win over your boys. Yeah, it's, it's been all right so far. Yeah, they've had a fucking, they've had a dream. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm doing the wild card in fantasy football this week. I just didn't have the patience and too much dead wood. Oh. Very tempted with Zaha. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, I mean, he's maybe playing for a move. He's always been good before Christmas in fantasy football, apart from last season. He's always picked up at that time, Yeah, coincidentally. <laughs> he is... Playing through the middle now, to be fair to him, and Zaha through the middle is a lot worse for defences than Zaha on the wing where you can double up. So, if we go for that long term, he might be all right at seven million, mm. but we'll see. Time will tell. Well, look, Aaron, do you want to tell people a bit about your time on Footstock, like when you joined, highlights, lowlights, milestones, etc.? Yeah, well, I joined about February this year. Um, I think I first heard about the product, must have been last summer. Um, I saw every Tom, Dick, and Harry posting on. Um, Twitter, oh, look at my Kane card, look at my Aguero card, etc. And to us, I found it more irritating and interesting. At the time, <laughs> I was um, I was very new to Football Index. I think I had about £200 in Football Index. And I'm very risk-averse anyway. And I'm quite disciplined when it comes to gambling products. So I wasn't prepared to look at another product, especially one so soon, it's infancy. And it wasn't until, I think it was when you started speaking to Tom Mitchum on your Harwood and Hanson podcast, I thought, yeah, this is this is right on my street. This is like the fancy football element, um, the competition element, the interest in every game. But I just wanted that extra confirmation that Footstock was going to be around for a long time. And then obviously when the app came out, and I think it was when you had, his name was Rio on your podcast, and he said that Footstock's the one he enjoyed the most and it's the one he's most interested in. I thought, if I'm going to get involved, this is it. It must have been early February time. I put down um, a couple hundred quid. Got all the cards I wanted, and this went from there. And how's it been since? 
like what what have you what have you been like most interested in on the platform and is there anything that's disappeared you've been you're missing is there anything that's came in that you're loving uh not particularly like the tournaments were always the thing that interested me um seeing how the products evolved in the last six months been absolutely brilliant uh really impressed with their vision uh, their user engagement slack market approach the way they've evolved the tournaments and given us a reason to buy more than one of every card i think yeah the way they Managed everything's been really brilliant so far. Um, I never really got involved in roulette, um, always been a tournament man. I was on the markets at first, but then, like, you'd buy Maguire for £1.50, flipping for two quid, think you've done a good job. And then in May, he's going for like 14 quid. No, great. <laughs> what a waste of time that was. So, yeah, yeah I've, st- I've stood away from playing for the market since that boom. So, yeah, just full, of, uh, full on the tournaments. Yeah, and how you find the 100k? Have you entered any teams? Nah, because um, I've got one of each card, it just seemed uh, not the point. And also my uh, track record in fantasy football, I, I always start off terribly with my picks. And then about four or five weeks in, I then have a good team. I think two years ago, I had Sane and Sanchez in my team. Uh, last year, I had the Bournemouth players and Sigurdsson. It just made no sense for me to dive in. So I thought uh, instead of me going in the 100 quay free roll, uh, play to my strengths in tournaments. Um, write a couple of threads on Twitter saying, look, this is what I found out of fantasy football. However, if you guys are interested, then not pick a team myself. And that's just the way I played it. Well, fair play to you. I think I threw another two teams in yesterday. Albeit... No, I don't blame anyone. It's a fantastic offer that they put down, to be fair to him. You can't begrudge the offer. It's just not to my strengths. I'd that's encourage crazy. anyone else to go to it apart from myself. I don't know if I can find my teams, can I? Yeah, so the two new ones I put in, now albeit they may be relatively short-sighted, but fuck it. I'll just read them out very click. quick. <laughs> I said very clickly because the first player is click. Oh my oh, god. I didn't even mean to do it. I just yeah. kind of like had a stutter. Anyway, click, Calvert-Lewin, Martinez, and, and Dina, Luca Dina from Everton, right? Now obviously Everton's form mightn't last all season, so this could be a bit short-sighted, but who knows. Then Saiz and Jimenez from Wolves, De Bruyne and Sterling. Van Dijk and Mane and Martial is one team. And then the other one is Schmeichel and Castagna, Jimenez, Mane and Salah, De Bruyne and Mares. I'm just looking for peaks from Mares. Greenwood, yeah. Dina, Calvert-Lewin and Rhys James. Proper left field one that one. I said fuck it because I wanted to pick a few players that... I didn't want to just pick all players that I'm going to want to be using in tournaments each week. I wanted a few kind of left field ones that won't leave me starving for players in a week's time, you know. Um, but look, we'll see how that all pans out. Um, Aaron, we have a few things to talk about. We have a few questions from the beautiful community that's listening to us. And we also have a couple of emails from Footstock. So the first one came out. Um, let me see. I just tried to minimize this and it wouldn't let me. All right. Um, so the first email that came out was on the 21st. And it's the Footstock newsletter. Footstock players, blah, 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 blah. Card circulation. Our summer product update provided a clear view of Footstock plans over the summer months. We will now approach the end of that period with the vast majority of the plan completed and much of Footstock 2.0 in place. We'll add further features, blah, blah, blah. It's now time to focus squarely on card circulation. Now, this is very interesting to me. Not only how we manage current player card volumes, but also how we introduce players to the market. This ambitious long-term project already began in the summer, which features such as with features such as swaps for contest credit and deal of the day starting to help ensure a healthy marketplace now it's time to ramp up um so basically changes to manage card circulation and provide greater visibility to our users sorry guys i know this is a bit long but i just want to kind of make sure i get through it myself 
properly. The next step of this project at 4pm today, that was a while ago, <clears throat> they basically suspended exclusive premium and standard pack sales. Premium Premier League players can be bought from the footstock market as normal. New player packs and contest credit packs will remain in place. Within the next week, we will reveal a more detailed plan for card circulation and data visibility moving forward. This is something we recognise as a hugely important topic and for that reason we intend to provide you with the level of transparency you've come to expect from Footstock, including, now this is where it gets interesting, fixed limits on pack and player supply, introduction of new players via an auction system with fixed circulation limits, plans for introducing Champions League and Europa players, focused on balancing with existing market and limited supply, details on the future card swapping feature from January 2021, Ongoing management of player card supply, ensuring every player is managed automatically and against fixed limits. This project marks a natural progression from Footstock. For Footstock as a product, we can't wait to share the full detail with you. As always, we'll be focused on simplicity while delighting customers, both old and new. Right, I got through it. Aaron, what are your initial thoughts on that whenever you've seen that email? Yeah, it's progression. It's definitely progression. Um, I guess what they're trying to do is they're trying to... Um, counteract against any potential complaints on platforms such as Twitter. Um, if you do, for example, get on Footstock and you pay, for argument's sake, 45 quid for Hakim Ziyech, and then a month later, you can find him for like 18 quid in the market. Um, people aren't going to look at it as a, oh, you bought too early. They're going to just complain and say, oh, the system's flawed, they can do it better. And yeah, they're kind of counteracting that with the way they're trying to yeah, sort out with the auction system side of things. The way they're trying to introduce Champions League and Europa League players has always been of interest to me. Um, I think I'll put a lot more money in the product when that comes out, if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, if they introduce that successfully, then yeah, this this is going to be taken to an absolute another level. And I guess that's what's their focus going to be during October time. I don't know, I'm a new kind of schedule when the Champions League fixtures officially start. I anticipate it'll be in the next month or two. And yeah, they got yeah they're going to make sure they're ahead of the game when that happens. It's it's very interesting for me because the last podcast I recorded two weeks ago with Danilo, I think at the end I went off on this weird ramble, and I was actually tempted to edit it out. It was basically me going off on one about kind of half following the so rare approach and do you know some level of scarcity and reducing the numbers of cards or having set numbers of cards or how do they do it? Like are is packs a good model or should they? auction them off or do this or do that and basically Danilo was saying like we're too far down the road like you know you can't just change fundamentals like that <clears throat> I almost feel vindicated in some way <laughs> because this is kind of along what I was going down I think recently I've said this on a couple of streams in passing I'm not going to batter it down your throat like but recently I've got into it's soccer card trading basically generally in America there's like yeah basketball and baseball cards and they're worth thousands I'm kind of trying to dabble in that world on the soccer side which is very quiet at the minute but anyway i'll not bore you with that but the but the big draw there and also with alexis so rare is it's that scarcity element and it's the knowing that yeah. only 500 people can have this card only 300 people can have this card and as more people join the platform and you have these limits in place the supply remains but the demand increases and therefore prices increase and i think this is a nice way for footstock to get around that kind of stagnant prices and it also leaves the door open if they did grow to a certain extent if there were a set amount of cards in circulation for potential share splits down the line do you know they could potentially double the amount of cards everyone has and half the prices well actually could they with the order books 
I'm maybe getting ahead of myself there. But what I'm saying is it kind of sets the sky's the limit in terms of card prices, which which could potentially, my only worry then is lead, it could potentially to sort of that barrier to entry increasing again back to yeah. circa May 2020, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I don't want there to be a limit on cards, to be honest. I quite like the product to grow to a point where you could be in the pub with your mates uh, chatting about that. Uh, what you've got in your footstock tournaments and everyone can get similar players and that. I know that's not what people want to hear in terms of portfolio value or collections, but I think for the good of product, if they're going to attract more people, I think that's the way forwards. But I understand why people that uh, may have jumped on later and put a lot more money into the product than me have a different opinion. Well, I think a, a huge thing to make it interesting for people who come on and to kind of satisfy both parties is they really need to have beginner and amateur stipulated tournaments in terms of rules for higher prize pots. Yeah. Do you know, because what that Definitely, does then yeah. is that means fucking James signs up, right? And James wants to grow his collection from £100, right? And with his £100, he can get really competitive beginner and amateur teams. But he can't afford Brunos and De Bruyne's and Trent's, etc. And... Mm he wants to enter tournaments to build up a balance and use his FPL knowledge to build up a balance and get a bigger collection. But all he can do is enter one pound tournaments or maybe a fiver at the most seven fifty If he's lucky, it's like if there was a 20 quid tournament for him, he might bite the bullet back his knowledge and then have the potential to win 400 quid, you know, and then he can get his Bruno and then he can get his De Bruyne and he can level up somewhat. Whereas that's yeah. a long old fucking journey when you're playing yeah. tournaments for a quid. I think they're doing a good balance at present, to be fair, for new people. I think uh, someone said on the Who scored, um, if you sign up for their link, you get 75 cards. I mean, if you get 75 cards, and at the moment you can get, I think, I looked at the market before we came on, I think Aguero, Grealish, Zaha, um, there's a lot of good players you can get for under 10 quid. Mm. So you've got your 75 quid, you can buy them for um, money you'd spend anyway on the weekend. Uh, you can build up a a decent team you could probably enter a Saturday team and have a good chance of winning without having to buy a Bruno a Trent a KDB fixture dependent like last Saturday um, those three players wouldn't have been the winning team at all like obviously Man Man United got put in their place by Palace and the other teams weren't playing so yeah there's a lot of um, sorry there are a lot of free rolls and stuff for people which I think is very attractive yeah you know for people signing up but you know I think I'm kind of bringing us off point here. The key here with this email is the scarcity aspect yeah, uh, and how that plays out. Um, my worry just down the line is, do you know, it's great because prices are going to increase but then with the barrier to entry issue again and with a pure order book system, you can't just do a share split really because people will just list for the price they originally were. But then there'd be more supply. Oh, fucking hell, it's a head, it's a head racker. But look, bottom line is, it's, it's nice moves and it really excited me. It did. It, it was, I was thinking, okay, this is the new age of footstock. And it's also interesting that they're changing the pack model um, in some way. Oh, completely. I'll be interested yeah. to see how the, the IPO thing kind of happens and how it works. Have you any ideas how it'll work? Not a clue, to be honest. But to be fair to them, in the six months I've been in the product, they've made about 20 to 30 changes and all of them have worked for the better. And it's been for the best interest of all of us. And yeah, I've got absolutely every faith in everyone that's making decisions that they're going to do the right stuff for us. Well, that's the thing. Whenever they have such a good track record of decision making, it kind of lets you just rest easy, doesn't it? You don't have to be sweating. Yeah, let them crack on a bit as far as I'm concerned. There have been one or two dubious ones uh, just for balance. Um, 
I, not that I, mm. I've ever been affected by them, but I know there's someone at home sitting, remember Heaton Gate, that was a terrible decision. So look, they have oh. made some bad ones, don't get us wrong, but percentage-wise, they're doing pretty well. <clears throat> my, my, my throat's all like cloggy here. I wonder if people listening can hear. Anyway, you can let me know afterwards. Yeah. I wasn't involved in Heaton Gate. I'm all right, I'm thinking loads of people bought Tom Heaton, expecting him to rise, and they tried to compensate it by giving people money. That was more than what it was actually worth in the market in the long run. If they got relegated, it was all... It was something like... Yeah, he was, was like people... Yeah, He scored or he got injured or whatever happened with his PPG, he was due to go up a star rating. And when he went up the star rating, you would be guaranteed X amount in swap credit or something. And then mm. everyone bought him based off that and he went to like a tenner. And then they announced or they said something like oh no that won't affect PPG or something and it was going to drop again or something about relegation timings of PPGs and all this shit oh god and basically he crashed again then but they guaranteed to pay everyone up to a fiver but then cheeky bastards like Mark White were out there buying them all for two quid saying they've guaranteed me a fiver if he gets relegated but then he stayed in the league (laughs) it was just head fuck I can't remember like it was just it was just there's people who got burnt by it though god you got Um, you'd be livid if Villa stayed up the last day of the season (laughs) I know I know Um, the next thing the beat Cami 1k free roll um and they just talk about that in this email. I'll not go on about it based on time. And then they mention a few other things. Wonderful. The scarcity is the main thing I wanted to cover there. They, then they mention the, the October monster. So basically there's going to be an October monster. Which has a seven and a half grand guarantee. So this is almost like their kind of... Do you remember their virtual world championships? and yeah. the World championships where they, they sort of guaranteed a lot of money. Yeah, that's a good lot. This is monster, kind of a yeah. little halfway house kind of mid-season maybe they'll do one of these each month or something um or maybe it's just a play because it's halloween and monster i don't know but maybe they mention that they'll do it every month i haven't actually read this email i'll be honest with you but yeah monsters are great they're giving away 85 free entries and 170 discounted entries to be won um basically using the multi-match contest between all of october they're all the qualifiers 25 match days during the month made up of Premier League, Champions League, Europa League and virtual fixtures. Win a contest during that period and you'll receive an October Monster free entry ticket. Second or third, get a 50% discount. Now that's interesting that they're not just giving away to second and third now, you get a 50% discount. Um, probably fair. Yeah. And then they get... So like, what do you think of the Monsters? Do you think that's a good idea? I think it's nice having a big tournament each month where like you win it, you get yeah. four grand. No, no I say. Yeah, it's a complete additional bonus, isn't it, really? You don't expect to play for it. It's, if you do get a ticket for it, fair play. And, I mean, if it does fall on game week seven, I think that's when Liverpool play West Ham, Spurs play Brighton. I think there's some good fixtures for people to target that particular weekend. So, yeah, it falls there, and that's good for everyone. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Let's hope I win a ticket. I think I won a ticket or two tickets into the... Last thing was it the monster game week one monster because I won the pro and I came like third. Fuck, I had a golden patch that week. It was about a month ago. Um, and it was great crack. I don't think I did too well. Was that the virtuals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The no, yeah, it wasn't virtuals. I was winning. It was, but the monster itself was for game week one, and I was a dickhead and basically went home on the Friday night that the season started. Stayed up to five o'clock drinking cans with my dad. Set an alarm for like half ten. 
so I could reach the deadline or something and get teams in and just threw in teams. Yeah, oh, no. There wasn't much thought went in. So I didn't <laughs> cash in the monster, but October I'll give a better shot. The player card and roulette changes. We touch on this briefly and then we'll do some questions, Aaron, if that suits. So as part of our ongoing mission to keep the product simple for new users, we're making some changes to player cards. Currently, player cards show the stats that count towards PPG via our scoring matrix and also peripheral stats such as touches and last man tackle. These peripheral stats are only used in roulette or sometimes not at all and do not have any impact on our fantasy football contests. Therefore, to keep the platform tidy and simple, we'll remove all peripheral stats as of today. These stats will also be removed from roulette algorithms. Roulette will now solely be based on stats that form part of our scoring matrix that can be viewed here. Do you know, I think that is probably a good idea. Simplicity is key. Simplicity is everything in these platforms and everything they can do to make it more simple. That's another positive step in my view. Yeah, absolutely no complaints from me. I mean, when you listen to these um, fancy Premier League podcasts and they ask how to improve the game, uh, they basically suggest stats that form to the Sky fantasy football game. You ask yourself, why is FPL more popular than Sky? It's more simplistic. So if Footstock can model themselves to make it easier for new users to understand the rules and the games, then, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. So I think that that was about it from the second email too. But there's some nice updates for us in a couple of emails since I last recorded a podcast. Um, And I'm sure we'll have a lot of updates coming um, for the Champions League players and Europa League players and God knows what else they'll be at. There'll probably be a million new things that they bring in for the better. But it's a very exciting time. Even the, the web the web page, like if I click in here now, it's still the old six-tile format. That'll be changing to kind of look sexy like the app soon. Um, the, re- the rewards, I don't know if there'll be any changes there. I have a few coupons there I should actually use. I'm just kind of looking here. I haven't been on in a while. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next, the next few weeks. Have you any sort of... I don't know. Any thoughts around Footstock at the minute? You just excited for tournaments, and what are you most excited for? Oh, the product itself is exactly what I'm excited about. I look forward to the tournaments on the weekend. Um, the format itself is brilliant. So yeah, I'm looking forward to just cracking on the season. We've had a lot of downtime in 2020 due to external factors. So yeah, just looking forward to every weekend and just seeing how our teams do. Brilliant. Well, look, we've got five questions. Well, there's more questions, but five people have submitted them. Um, five heroes, five absolute champions of the community. <laughs> so we'll we'll go through them. Um, let me see. We'll start here. Aidan Hughes. Do you have any particular advice to new users just starting on Footstock? Did you make many early mistakes which you later learned from? Early mistakes? Um, I guess I'm being picky. Uh, at the time, I bought players straight at buy price from the market. So I probably overpaid on players like Grealish, Madison, Pulisic. Um, they had good first half of seasons and then they tailed off um, prior to Project Restart. Um, personally, I signed up for your link, John, um, just because obviously uh, top bloke, oh, I hope you make content for a living in the long run. Uh, but obviously... Thank you very much. And just while we're there, anyone else who wants to sign up, Use the fucking link in the description. Yeah. Anyway, Aaron. At the same time, um, I would say to users, obviously, who scored up that 75 car promotion thing. So, by all means, 
Get them out of the night. Nope, right, yeah. nope, nope. We'll out of the night. I say, yeah, sign up for a John's thing, um, get your 25 card, and then find your time and just wait for cards to come free through the market. They do come down. You do find bargains. Um, a prime example being I set Jack Harrison at a certain price before the Liverpool game. He obviously scored that absolute ping. And then I looked at him last Saturday, and he was about four times above that price. And then, lo and behold, didn't score last weekend, and I got him for the price of vision I wanted him for. So they do come down, just, yeah, lots of time, get the cards you want, really, over about the space of a fortnight or a month. Yep, I think that's great advice. I think that, that, you know, bidding on the market is so key. Like, why would you not? It's actually way more liquid on Footstock than people might think. And particularly, I think, if people are coming from Football Index, Absolutely. as a lot of people do, uh, especially people who listen to this podcast as well because of the Football Index Weekly podcast. Do you know, Football Index is obviously the bigger market, but... I am always surprised how liquid footstock is in comparison. If I want to shift a player to the market, and this has been the case for six months, if I want to shift a player, I can sell them or get them bought at a bid much easier on footstock than you can on football index. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just there's less players because there's less leagues or what it is, but it's genuinely ridiculously liquid, so don't underestimate sticking a bid in. If you save two quid on a 20 quid player, that's 10%, and that's the way you need to look at it. Um, and those little, those small wins add up. They really do. So I was going to say about the football index thing, I was a bit worried during lockdown where a lot of people jumped over and the market really boomed and people were posting screenshots of their um, alleged portfolio value in footstock. Um, it did make me cringe a bit because it's not really what footstock is about, about um, car prices going up. Um, it seemed like on the face of it, a lot of people just wanted to come over and saw an opportunity to set like the big Don. Um, it was always eventually going to drop. But what I will say, in Footstock's credit, is they did a great job at cushioning the blow by altering the pack prices for everyone. Um, at the time, I wouldn't have felt comfortable introducing my friends to Footstock when you were paying so much money for players. Like People were paying like £4.50 for David McGoldrick, and that's at the very low end of the spectrum. Like, you're probably getting about 20p now. Um, but at the current prices, with the way Van Dyke, Robertson, the way they're priced, if someone asked me this weekend, look, what are you doing on your phone? I'm checking out Footstock in the pub. I'll tell them about it because I wouldn't have any qualms about my mates joining the product and I wouldn't feel like they're getting burned. It wouldn't feel irresponsible from my end to recommend it to people. And that's key. And that's key for word of mouth and getting it out there, especially as I've, I said this, and you know what? It's been six months I've been saying it now because COVID, obviously, the whole thing started in late, mid to late March and then April, I think, is whenever um, Footstock really boomed. But... One of the things I said earlier that a few people particularly liked was like, lads, can you imagine this at this scale when there's this much liquidity in the market and we've got virtual battles and we've got tournaments and we've roulette tournaments and we've this and we've that. Can you imagine sitting in the pub with your mates on match day drinking a few pints? Fuck it, lads, let's all stick a, a salad in. Let's all stick a Trent in. Oh my God, no, I can't afford a Trent. Oh, you shite bag, do it. Irresponsibly gamble, peer pressure from your friends, you know. And all of a sudden, you're all in this little four-man, four-to-five-star roulette thing. Or like, do you know, it's that sort of social aspect, and I think none of us have really experienced that, bar maybe the Gertz back in the day, do you know. But yeah. now the Footstocks... <laughs> they family dinners, they're yeah. all in the pub, yeah. <laughs> but um, I just think, like, it'd be once the pubs are open... That'll be another spike for footstock. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just see people much, much more inclined to be showing their mates, checking like a goal goes in, updating tournaments and people asking questions and conversations happening. And do you know footstock should even actually? I don't know if you're allowed to do this from a gambling perspective. Could they? Can they like as a promo thing? Can they go into like very busy pubs and places and 
give out like free pints and stuff for signing up and shit. Is that a thing you can do? I don't know. But they could really target big match days. I think so. You don't I, see. I know at um, grounds before you, when I was younger, you'd have like the lab book stands and stuff like that. But I don't think I just walk into random pubs. But I don't see the pro- I think they probably do it on the streets at a push, but that's about it. Oh, well, I mean, like, if it was organised with pubs, but maybe pubs would be hesitant to associate with gambling companies. Anyway, that's a tangent. That's for another day. Um, Mark White has asked, would you ever put a team made up largely of Brighton players into a tournament? Uh, well, based on the way they played last week, Mark, if Brighton were playing West Brom this weekend and all their players were two stars, I'd have no loyalties to Crystal Palace whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought Lamptey was brilliant last weekend. I think Morpay looks like he's going to score more goals this season. Matt Ryan, every season, you know you're going to get, you're going to get about 13 clean sheets out of him. He's quite consistent. Trossard's quite creative. Um, if Dave, if there's a five-star going for 50p, uh, sorry, five-star, five places going 50p entry uh, like for two-star players, I wouldn't, if they were playing someone like West Brom Fulham, I wouldn't hesitate to put them in. Yeah, well, that's it. There's no place for, for loyalties in FPL, Footstock or Football Index, any of these things. You need to just fucking forget about your loyalties, don't you? Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think Brighton are going down this season. No, I don't think so. They look decent the first few game weeks anyway. Going down this season, it'll be hard to look past who West Brom, maybe Fulham and potentially Villa or yeah, there's probably someone else who's had a shocking yeah. start. But um, Hoodwink has asked... Good lad, Aaron Palace. I owe him a couple of pints as I, I usually jump above him half an hour after a game is finished in single tournaments when Footstock finishes updating. An easy question. What's your favourite Footstock tournament story? Have you got one? Yeah, him and Havelino, they have a track record of jumping above me in tournaments. You think you've finished the game and 20 minutes later you're looking, you've lost about 50 quid to them. So. Um, I think in terms of, I think you always remember your first win. I think it was about two or three weeks after I joined. Um, Liverpool beat West Ham 3-2. I thought, why on earth am I spending 35, 30 quid on Mane and Salah cards? Like, is am I really doing this? Is this like me just buying expensive Pokemon cards? And then lo and behold, I thought 162 cards alone, they're goals. So they more than paid mm. back whatever value they all went to work. <laughs> um, my favourite one was probably during lockdown when they set up their little football manager thing on Twitter. Uh, I saw everyone was right. I think everyone was right. Like Liverpool, 17 goals. Liverpool, 17 goals. So for a laugh, I said, oh, Liverpool, 16 goals. Didn't think anything of it. And then it got to the final. I was like, oh, Liverpool in it. I checked through. I was like, yeah, I put 16 goals. And yeah, me and Fustop were allowed to pick 10 cards as a result of that. And yeah, that's how I got my Bruno. So yeah, that saved Jeez. a lot of money in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, that was outstanding, actually. I remember that little tournament. It was a nice idea. Um, yeah. Now sneaking off upstairs away from my missus just to watch a football uh, football manager game. <laughs> it's yeah. quite funny. It's yeah. it's up here for two hours. Yeah, so that's quite funny. <laughs> and my my best win was obviously the pro I had recently. It was what seven hundred quid or something. Um, I was over the moon with that. It was actually live while I was recording an FPL yeah. thing. And do you know yeah, what I did? I'm watching that. Yeah. <laughs> because I had like a. I remember before I went into the recording, I looked and on the tournament I had, do you know. I think I was sitting in about fourth or fifth place kind of the last game, but I had like Raheem Sterling or fucking someone. I don't even I can't even remember what happened now. But it's someone still to go or two players still to go. And I was thinking, Do you know, there's a chance here, like there's half a chance. <laughs> and then I was like, look, I kind of forgot about it recording, and then all of a sudden, all you footstock cretins start crawling into the chat. <laughs> John, you need to check yeah. it. No, I didn't say anything. To be fair, I kept myself quiet. I was, I, I, I've actually really enjoyed your PL content, so I kept quiet and. Was, 
make advice to my own team that I've now had to wildcard after two weeks. So yeah, I know me been... too. <laughs> Fuck's sake, it didn't work. I think yeah. if I'd have stuck with the team, the game week one team, I need to look through it. Which person gave me the best team? Because it was four of them on, obviously. Um, well, my mates have pissed themselves. So it's the first year I've actually taken it proper seriously. And I think most years I get to about 14, 15 weeks for a wildcard. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. In hindsight, I probably should have took a minus eight this week and just done like a mini wildcard type thing. But fuck it, I just there was too many wholesale changes. I'd like four yeah. non starters and I had like one questionable and an injury. It's like fuck that. Yeah. Um, but I think I think the wildcard will sort me right out. I've had a shock and start. And there's a lot of people who have had great starts through bad decisions on paper. Do you know? Do you know there's a lot of variance in the first few weeks? Yeah, my sister, for example, she asked me for a work league to set up a team. I did the absolute opposite of what I've done, and she's got over 80 points both weeks. She's flying. Standard, <laughs> you know. For a imaginary team, she's flying. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, a couple more questions, and we'll wrap this up. Yeah, cool. World Cup Dan B, what is your strategy for contests? How many lineups? Which contests? And how do you pick your teams? Yeah, it's all fixture dependent, really. I mean, Usually every weekend, I go through the fixtures, um, look at teams I'm confident will win, um, then look at the players that I'm confident will score or assist, uh, put them on lists as well, the ones that I think will clean sheet. Um, as the scenes I progress, I will look at expected goals involvement, expected goals conceded, but after two weeks, there's absolutely no point of doing that. And then from that list, I'll have anything between 7 to 20 players. And then I'll look at the competitions available and I'll try and figure out where I can make the most money with those certain combinations and enter the teams that way I mean combinations are crucial I mean if you enter a nine man you've got two duds that's a massive swing in terms of things that could be difference between um, about 80 quid if you're not careful so yeah you need to make sure you get your combinations spot on so you want your players that bag that are going to group together I think that's important it's something a lot of people who first start on Foodstock don't consider it's the combinations it's the teams it's like the the guys who work well together do you know if you were entering last week I can guarantee you the winner of the pro had both Son and Kane maybe he didn't but I can guarantee you he fucking did 100% do you know yeah. because and it would have made sense when you're picking that team to have Son and Kane because if one scores it's likely the other one assists maybe they're not the best examples because there are more James Rodriguez and DCL for example or I always look my teams if I'm putting in defence I, I like putting in the likes of Trent and Van Dyke or Robertson and Van Dyke because if Van Dyke gets a goal the other one, one of them two is probably assisting it probably yeah Um, and then you're getting two peak scores and I think it's important to look at it like that it's about picking the provider and the goal scorer and, and coupling them up in different f- sort of combinations whenever I'm picking teams what I normally do is I normally pick a four like a spine of four Goal score, creator, and two clean sheets. Because if the goalkeeper gets a clean sheet and the defender gets a clean sheet, you're off to a winner. I don't want to have two different defences I'm relying on. Yeah. And then I kind of build around that depending on the type of tournament. But I normally go at least three or four from one team that I'm very confident of that week, which is normally one of your top six realistically. But um, yeah, we'll move on. Last couple of quick fire questions from DJK, Dan Jackknife. Are you, are you, as you fucking, there's a long running thing on this podcast with you and I, you, by the way, every single week. Yes. He doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to get away without getting slagged, but he's been a bit of a goldmine for footstock players <laughs> to do his work rate and it suits the matrix. Could Tyrick Mitchell be another goldmine as Van Anholt is still injured? What's the story with Van Anholt? How long is he out for? Van Anholt's injured um he's only 29 but for some reason the way football shifted 29 year olds these days get treated like they're 34 which i don't particularly understand um 
Van Holt's in the last year of his contract. And personally, I think it's in Palace's best interest to get that renewed. He's still very good going forwards. And he does suit the modern day fullback, the way the modern day fullback plays. So it's, I think it's rather in our interest to try and get him renewed. Um, what I'll say about Tyrick Mitchell is that, don't get it wrong, like in FPL, for 4 million, 4.1 million, you can't go wrong. Like, we do keep clean sheets. And in the games he's played against Traore, Man United, Tottenham, his defensive game, I've been very impressed with. But I've not seen anything of him going forwards. And in the long run, I don't think we probably will, just by the way Roy Hodgson sets his teams up. So I think his qualities as a fullback are probably going to be very similar to that of what Aaron Wan-Bissaka was like for us. And as you know, as a Man United fan, John, very good defensively. Um, you wouldn't trust him going forwards to get assists or any goals. So you're probably going to get none all season. But yeah, Roy's got a very interesting decision with Van Arnholt and Tyke Mitchell, Luca, James McCarthy, Joe Ward, Nathan Ferguson in the long run, just by the way we start this season. When's Van Arnholt back, do you know? Just for me to pick my FPL wildcard. Oh, God, yeah. I, I wouldn't trust our physios at all, to be honest. Um, I've heard game week four, game week five, that's an international break, he may be back. Um, I've heard the same thing about Nathan Ferguson. But then we've got Nathaniel Klein training with us. So you think that shares there more underlying issues at the fullback role. And we're going to um, snap up Kleine again on a free transfer to cover that. Like, our physios say one thing and it's usually about four weeks later that it becomes fruition mm-hmm. or they'll rush him back and they get injured again. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't um, bite my teeth on that one. I mean, from an FBL perspective, I'd be tempted to swap Mitchell for Ferguson if you see Ferguson starts. I think Ferguson in the long run will be our first choice right back while well, I see Mitchell and Van Arnholt in competition with each other. Mm. Um, Dan Jackknife says, I know you do the live multi-contests. What about the singles? Yeah, I mean, I do take part in the singles tournaments. I loved them before lockdown. Um, there were, I found them a lot easier to make money on as the opportunity was just there for other people. Um, and one thing I've always been really impressed with footstock is how they give us initiatives to buy three, four, five cars of the same player, and they're going to keep doing that. And that's why I think this model works in the long run. Um, I haven't participated in any singles this season just because, um, apart from maybe Arsenal, Fulham at a push, and Man United Palace, even though Man United lost, those are the only two games where I was confident that a team was going to haul against the other team and keep a clean sheet in the process. Um, I think I'll probably participate more in singles after about four or five game weeks when there's a whole set of data you can analyse to make more rational decisions and I can target certain games to win money. But at the moment, I think my strengths are more in the yeah the live tournaments. Hmm. And what are your targets for Footstock in 2020? My target when I first started was always to try and recuperate the money that I put in and then start playing risk-free. Um, I think playing with profit must be the end game for a lot of people. I know. A lot of people during lockdown are able to take advantage of the market and can now play risk-free. I wasn't one of those people. Uh, But what I will say is that I don't think I'm going to achieve that at all. I think the way the model and the product's working, I'm probably going to double and maybe even treble my investment uh, come next year, especially the Champions League cards coming in and the Euros next summer and then the World Cup shortly after that. There's just so much opportunity for Footstock to make money. I just think that. I uh, don't see my card values dropping below my actual investment, so I might as well have fun and yeah, have a good laugh on the way. 
Well, there's the whole fun argument as well. I think the fun thing is very important, particularly on Footstock. You know, it is such a fun platform. And, you know, all I ask for from my teams is whenever I enter them that I get a bit of a sweat in the final game. Mm. Do you know, it's like it's like traditional bookmakers, you know, you don't want to lose in the early kickoff. If you get to the final kickoff and you're with a chance of some money, that's the fucking dream. That's what you gamble for. Do you know, it is that high, it is the, that endorphin rush. Um and I think as much as I enjoy making money and promoting Footstock and making content on Footstock, for me, so much of it is about the fun aspect as opposed to the money. I barely look at the collection value anymore. But I think I I am kind of um, risk-free, I suppose. I don't really view it that way. That's another point that we could visit another day. Um, based on time, maybe we won't, but the whole... Some people view net deposits of zero as risk-free, but... It's just it's just one of those things. The way I look at it is, it's still your fucking money. You could withdraw and do whatever the fuck you want with. Um, but I suppose it's just a yeah. it's a mental thing, isn't it? Completely, yeah. But so, some people, that's the goal. For me, I suppose I've already maybe achieved that, so I don't really care for that goal. But um, having as much fun as possible and obviously making money in the process, what could be better? And watching Foodstock grow, and you know, the community is outrageously, I don't know, nice and wholesome. I don't know, there's so many good lads around. Yeah. Few ladies around, and you know yeah. it's lovely. Do you know there's a real community feeling? I'm really looking forward to the trader meet when this is all over. Oh, completely, yeah. I say, yeah, the Slack community in particular. That's uh, that's definitely the place to be. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm I'm pretty absent to be honest with you because I just have so much fucking content going on on Twitter to keep up with and this to keep up with and that. Like I don't say, scroll through Slack chats, but you can see that there's a really tight bond with a lot of people on Slack who chat to each other an awful lot. You know. Yeah, fair play to Gertie and Callum and everyone that can keep up with it. When I turn it on, it's like 750 missed messages. I'm like, no, nah, I can't put through that. But yeah, yeah, fair play to yeah, everyone that can keep up with that. And speaking of Gertie, me and the mystery man, um, or mystery data guy and Gertie, the website for Footstock Stats will be going live very, very soon, as in imminently, as in probably this weekend. Um, And it's there's a few... I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. Fuck it, why would I not? It's mine as well. Yeah, go ahead. Some really, really nice tools coming out, really new things. The first kind of thing we've seen like this in the footstock space, I believe, or at least I have, of this quality. I don't, I don't know if there's other things. I'm not trying to shit on people. I just haven't seen anything. Um, and, you know, it'll be all your favourite virtual reports, but there'll be other stuff for real football and other things. And basically, you need to go and check it out. Um, it's going to be all free, um, at least for now. I can't say it'll be like that forever, but... Yeah, just got excited. I was plugging Footstock stats a lot for a long time and we didn't do much for a while because it's hard to get your hands on certain data, but we're getting there and there will be a website going live this week, probably already before you even hear this podcast. Anyway, there you are. Footstock stats, link in the description. Join the Slack channel and all that. But other than that, Aaron, if you want find, where do you want find, mate? We'll wrap it up there. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter on um, Aaron Palace. Uh, quite fun there. Um, I'm on Slack. Uh, very occasionally i wish i was on there more to be honest but yeah the content's just <laughs> it's a bit too much to keep up sometimes um obviously it, i i'm still doing i'm doing a weekly article just looking at previous fixtures on footstock chat which is ran by dan and the work that he does to be fair to him is absolutely phenomenal there and he has to proofread some of my abysmal grammar so yeah please yeah follow that and yeah support him as much as you can absolutely and yeah that's about it for this week so Aaron look thank you so much for joining me and thanks to everyone for listening make sure you leave a review and subscribe while you're here and uh, yeah we'll chat to you soon thank you cheers mate